Today, we're finishing up week two of a two-week series called Hungry. And uh, the title of the message today is this, The Perfect Example. You know, today, maybe you're a guest here, and and, uh, maybe your New Year's resolution was to come back to church and to draw closer to God. And and, uh, man, we're excited. You couldn't come on a better Sunday. And uh, just to let you know kind of what we're doing here at the beginning of the year, every year, we, we focus, we have a focused time of prayer and fasting, a corporate time of prayer and fasting as a church. And it's just a, a part of what we do to dedicate this next year to the Lord and to dedicate our families to the Lord and our finances to the Lord, to, to dedicate the church to the Lord, the ministries of the church. And, and we're so glad that you've come to be a part today. And, and uh, if your New Year's resolution is to draw closer to God, I pray that you're challenged and you're equipped today to draw closer to him. And, and we want to invite you, if you are new, we want to invite you to be a part of this journey with us, this fasting time that we're, that we're going to do January 9 through January 22, this corporate fast. To be hungry, to be hungry is having a desire or craving or a need for food. And uh, we've all experienced hunger at some point in our lives. I remember as a teenager, I was hungry all the time. And, and teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. Moms and dads of teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. And I have one teenager and I have, we, we have two other children that are soon to be teenagers in the next couple years. And, and man, I tell you what, we're already experiencing that right now with our, with our kids. I mean, it's like, man, they, they eat dinner and you know, 30 minutes later, I, I'm hungry. I want a snack. I'm hungry. You know, hunger, hunger always comes back. Um, you know, this, the holiday season, maybe you, you sat down, you had a Christmas dinner or maybe a Thanksgiving, man, you ate turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and, and you had pie. And then you went back and you had a little bit more pie and then, and then maybe you finished it off with some more pie and, and you got done eating that holiday dinner and, and you even said these words. You said, man, I'm stuffed. Maybe you even said these words, I don't think I can eat for another week. And then 30 minutes later, you're looking for leftovers in the kitchen. You see, the deal is, man, hunger, hunger always comes, comes back. Hunger is a, it's just a physical reaction to our need for food. And the message today has to deal with our appetite. It has to deal with hunger because we're talking about fasting. I want to give you a definition for fasting. Fasting is this. It's, it's abstaining from food for a period of time, for a spiritual purpose. Abstaining from food for a period of time, for a spiritual purpose. A spiritual purpose, that's the key. A spiritual purpose. If there's not a spiritual purpose, then all it is is a weight loss plan. I mean, if, if you're just kind of, well, I'm just not going to eat. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a diet. It's a weight loss plan. It's abstaining from food for a, for a spiritual purpose. And I think it's really important as we approach fasting that we have the right heart, that we have the right motivation. And I'm going to give you quickly three wrong reasons, three wrong reasons to fast. Three wrong reasons. Number one is this, to achieve merit with God to achieve merit with God. 
Maybe you have the idea, oh, you know, I don't know if God really loves me, so I'm going to, I'm just going to do, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast because maybe God will really love me if I fast. You know, that's religion. Religion is man's attempt to get God's approval. Christianity, walking, following after Christ, is God reaching out to us. And you need to know this today. Everybody listen, you need to know this. God loves you for who you are. God loves you today. So don't approach this fast by, by, by with this idea, oh, if I fast, maybe God will really be pleased. Maybe he'll really love me. Here's a second wrong reason to fast. The second one is this, to lose weight. To lose weight. Now I can tell you this, if you go without food for a period of time, chances are you're going to lose a few pounds. Can somebody say, amen. All right. Chances are you're going to lose a few pounds, but that is not your primary motivation for fasting because remember fasting, there's a spiritual purpose. Here's the third wrong reason to fast, to appear to be spiritual. Oh, I just, I'm just going to fast because I want everybody to think I'm spiritual. Just look at me. Oh, I'm fasting. Oh, oh, I'm so spiritual. And if you have that kind of motivation, that's a wrong motivation for fasting just to get people to look at you, to, to appear to be spiritual. You see here at People's Church, we're going, we're, we're calling a corporate fast. The leadership of this church, we're, we're going to be fasting and, and we're calling for the church family. We're calling uh, to a corporate fast and we're going to encourage one another. We're going to motivate each other. We're going to say, hey, you can do it, man. You can fast. You can focus. You can dedicate this time to the Lord. But, but the, the nuts and bolts of it is this. Fasting really is between you and God because nobody can fast for you. Nobody can pray for you. It's something between you and God. Even though this is a corporate fast, you need to have, we need to have the right motivation to, to come before God and say, God, I just, I want more of you. I want to grow closer to you. I want to draw closer to you and, and have a focus upon God. It makes things vertical. Fasting makes things vertical. It's you and God. I want to give you just a, just a couple. Here's some different types of fasts. Maybe you've never even fasted. You've never thought of fasting. And here's a, different, a few different types. And, and uh, today we're going to look in Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to look at the perfect example and, and is Jesus Christ. And the kind of fast that he was on was a water only. He didn't eat. There was no food at all. So, so basically if you do that kind of fast, you're committing a period of time where you're just you're going to drink water and you're going to you're going to abstain from any kind of food and there may be some of you many of you that would choose to fast that way and and then there's another fast that's kind of real popular today it's a biblical fast and it's called the Daniel fast and in the Daniel fast you can eat fresh fruit and and vegetables and you can eat whole grains and if you want more information if you go online and just google Daniel fast you'll get all kinds of information but that's a type of fast. You know, there may be some of you say, you know what, I, and I can't, I can't change my diet maybe because of medical reasons and, and you can't go without food or you can't change your diet. And maybe what you would do during this time of fasting is you would do an entertainment fast. You would fast from television or, or fast from social media. Maybe some of you got to get off Facebook for a, for a little bit. All right, come on now. 
and do, do a, a, an entertainment fast, a, a social media fast. And it's really important that during that kind of fast and during all these fasts, we're going to talk about this, that, that you replace that time that you would watch TV with prayer and reading the word of God and seeking after the face of God. So today we're going to look at Jesus as our example. The perfect, everybody say perfect, example. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. It says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and nights he fasted. How many? 40 Forty days and nights, Jesus fasted, and it says, and he became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what can we learn from the perfect example? I want to give you five things that we can learn. Number one is this. What can we learn about fasting from Jesus? Number one, fasting is God's idea. Fasting is God's idea. In Matthew chapter four and verse one, it says, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. The Holy Spirit led him into those 40 days of fasting. You see, it was God's idea. He didn't, Jesus didn't come up on his own. He didn't think of it. It was God's idea. The Holy Spirit led him to that place of fasting. Matthew chapter six and verse 16, it says this, Jesus was, he was teaching about, about fasting. And he says this, when you fast, everybody say, when, when you fast, notice he didn't say, if you fast. He didn't say, well, you know, you might want to get around to it. It's just kind of something I'm sort of suggesting that you do. He said, when you fast, the assumption is that if you're following Jesus Christ, that you will fast. It will be a part of your life. And in Matthew 6, when he's doing, when he's teaching on fasting, he, he groups it with two other concepts. He also says, when you give, and he says, when you pray, and, and I don't know about you, but, but for me, it's easier for me to wrap my mind around when you give and when you pray. You know, oh yeah, I, I, I can give, man, I'm going to give. I know I'm supposed to do that. And oh, I can pray and oh, man, I'm definitely going to pray. It's easy. It seems like it's easier for us to wrap our minds around when you give and when you pray, but when you fast, come on. I mean, did he really mean it? Is he, is he for real when you fast? And consequently, what has happened, I think so many times people who follow Christ, followers of Christ, it may be something that's lacking from their lives because they, because they don't have that concept down. It, it, it's really important. Listen, people's church, it's really important. As we approach this time of corporate prayer and fasting, January 9 through 22, it's really important that you understand that fasting is God's idea. It's not Pastor Herbert's. It's not the church leadership. Fasting is God's idea. It's in the word of God. Number two, here's what we can learn today from the perfect example is this. Fasting comes with testing. Fasting comes with testing. 
Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, it says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to be tempted by the devil, to be tested by the devil. And that testing that he experiences, it starts in verse 3. Everybody look at Matthew 4 and verse 3. The testing starts in verse 3. It says this, during that time. What time is he talking about? During the time of fasting, during the 40 days, Jesus is fasting. During that time, the devil came to him and said, hey, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. You see, the devil hit him where it was hurting at that particular time. The devil approached his appetite. And and the Bible says that Jesus, when he went through this time of fasting, that Jesus was It says that he was very hungry. He wasn't just hungry, he was very hungry. And maybe maybe you've heard this teaching, you've read this in scripture, and you've thought, all right, fasting, 40 days. I mean, yeah, but that's Jesus. I mean, come on. Jesus can Jesus can fast. Jesus can do that, but but I'm just me. I, I can't do that. I can't fast. And, and somehow we, we get this idea that like Jesus had these superpowers that, that kept him from getting hungry. That he, you know, he, he wasn't affected by it. But the scripture says that Jesus was very hungry. He was very hungry. And, and the devil says, hey, hey, Jesus, hey, man, you see, you see those stones why don't you turn those stones into bread? Go ahead. Go ahead. Turn those stones into bread so you can get yourself a snack. I know you're hungry. Go ahead and do that. It would have been real easy for Jesus to give in to that temptation, wouldn't it? I mean, he could have done it. Jesus, you, you read in, in the life of Christ in the Gospels, Jesus, he turned water into wine. I mean, he took a few loaves of bread and a few fish and he multiplied it. He fed 5,000 people. Jesus could have said, okay, that's a good idea. Okay, stones turn into bread. And he, he could have had a snack at that particular time. But he did not give in to the testing. He didn't give in to the temptation. He went through the testing. Let me just tell you this. If you say, okay, man, I'm going to get on board. I'm going to fast. Whatever you decide to do, if it's a few days, if it's, if it's one day a week during the two weeks, or whatever it is, whatever you decide to do, if you are going to fast, let me tell you this, you will be tested. It's real quiet in here. You will be tested, and it's going to hit you at your appetite. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get so hungry that, that you're going you're gonna to dream about food. You'll wake up in the morning thinking about cheeseburgers and pizza because, because you're going to be tested during this time. Food is just going to start to smell good everywhere. You're, it's not even going to be food, but it's going to, you know, some will, some will smell good somewhere. And, and even food that you don't like is going to start to sound good. Beets. Let me just tell you, beets are vile. They're nasty. But beets will start to smell good during a fast because you're going through a time of testing your, your body. You're going through this time of testing in this fast. And I want you to know this. During this time of testing, when you overcome during a fast, when you overcome in that time of testing, what's going to happen is your inner will is going to be strengthened. 
Your inner will is going to be strengthened. You're going to, you're going to have a greater sense of discipline in your life. Maybe, maybe there's some things in your life that you need discipline in for 2011. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's your spending. Maybe you've been overspending and you've tried to control your spending, but you just, man, you just don't have the discipline. I believe as you go through a fast, as you seek the Lord, your inner will, you're going to build yourself up. You're going to be strengthened and it's going to add discipline to other areas of your life. Maybe it's in your emotions and maybe you have a tough time. Maybe you get angry real easily. And you've tried to control it. You've tried to just get some control and you haven't been able to do it. When you go through a fast, here's what you do. In a fast, here's what you're saying. You're saying, flesh, you will not rule my life. You're not gonna rule. You're not in charge. You're not in charge. King's stomach, you're not in charge because if you can discipline your appetite, you can discipline other areas of your life. You see, during this fast, you're gonna grow in self-control. Self-control in Galatians chapter five, it's one of the fruit of the spirit. It's something that as followers of Christ, we need to have in our lives and and your self-control will grow during this time of testing during this fast. I just, I believe this, man. This next year, this next year, you you can establish a new pattern of victory for your life. A new pattern of victory. Maybe you've tried to control your spending. You've tried to, you've tried to wa- uh, quit watching too much TV. You've tried all these different things and, and, and you, do, you do okay for a while, but then, you, but then you end up quitting. I believe this during this fast, when you strengthen yourself, your inner man, and, and you have more self-control, you're gonna be able to stand strong. You're gonna have victory this next year in 2011. Isn't that what we want for our lives? Man, that's what we, man, we wanna have victory we want to be successful, man. We want, to, we want our families to be successful. We want to, we want to win in life. Fasting will help you to establish that pattern of victory as you go through that time of testing. Number three is this. Fasting gives opportunity for God's word to speak. Fasting gives opportunity for God's word to speak. You know, it's interesting that during these 40 days of fasting, Jesus is tempted three times that we see in scripture, Matthew 4. He's tempted three times during these 40 days. How did he answer that temptation? All three times when the devil came to him and tempted him, Jesus was able to apply God's word to that situation and he was able to resist that temptation because God's word was alive in him. He was able to apply it to that situation. Matthew chapter four and verse four, look at these three situations. Matthew four, verse four, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, he's tempted in in verse seven, Jesus responded, the scriptures also say that you must not test the Lord your God. Again, he's tempted by the devil. And then in verse 10, look at how he answers the temptation. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, during this time of fasting, There should be a greater dependency upon the word of God. 
There should be a greater appetite. When, when, when you're not eating food, your, your appetite, my appetite for God's word should grow. There should be an appetite for God's word. And, and maybe you say, you know what, Troy, I've, n- I've never really read the Bible before. What a chance. What an opportunity. 2011, it's a new year. You can go through this time of fasting and seeking the Lord and, and start to read the Bible for yourself. And, and I promise you this, when you read God's word and when you seek his face, listen, God's word is going to speak to your life. God's word is going to speak to your situations. That's what happened to Jesus. He was tempted, man. He was hungry. He could have given into that temptation, but he didn't because the word of God was so alive to him and he was able to apply God's word to his situation. See, God's word applied to life, here's what that's called, wisdom. Wisdom is God's word applied to life. How many of you would say, you know what, I need some wisdom for 2011? Maybe you're thinking of things right now. You're like, oh my goodness, I have this coming up and, and this is going on at work and man, my family's going through this and, and my, here's my finances is right here. And, and you're thinking, man, I need wisdom for 2011. Here it is. Get an appetite for God's word. Seek God. Come after God. Read his word and God is going to give you a word. He's going to speak wisdom into your life and you're going to be able to apply it to your life in 2011. It's going to help you. I promise it will help you. Maybe you say, you know what, Troy, I don't even have a Bible. Today, today, at the end of the experience today, if you, we'll have our prayer team up here. If you don't have a Bible, maybe you're brand new to church and the brand new year, you're just checking church out. If you don't have a copy of God's word, we want to give you a copy of God's word today so that you can study God's word because fasting, fasting gives opportunity for God's word to speak. Number four is this, fasting prepares you for upcoming challenges. Fasting prepares you for upcoming challenges. You know, I think it's interesting here, Jesus in Matthew chapter four, Jesus is about 30 years old at the time. And, and up to this point, he hasn't done anything in ministry. He's been, he's been working as a carpenter. But he had a purpose. He had a, a plan. He was sent on a mission. And, and up to this point, he hasn't done anything. And I think it's interesting that the last thing that he did before he entered into the challenge of those three years of ministry, the last thing that he did is he went through a period of 40 days of fasting. Because it was during that fast it was during that time of fasting that, that God was working in him and strengthening him and preparing him for the challenges that were before him. You see, Jesus had to go through the process before he could reach the promise. Some of you in your life, as you approach 2011, man, some of you, you have some challenges. I want to ask a question right now. Think about some challenges that are in front of you. What, what are you facing this next year? What is it that you, you think about and you're just like, oh, no. Oh, no, I got, I got to face this. Man, I, I have this challenge before me. I have this challenge before me. My family's going through this. My finances, we're, we're going through this. What is the challenge that you have in 2011? I can think of no greater way to prepare for the challenges of this next year than to come before God 
to dedicate your life in a time of prayer and a time of fasting to say, God, I need you. Because here's, here's what happens. When you, set, when you set aside time to pray and to fast, here's what you're saying. You're saying, God, I can't do it on my own. God, I need you. God, I need you. I'm facing these challenges and I can't do it on my own. I feel overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. God, I need you. And when you come before him and you commit your life and you just say, God, have your way. God, have your way. It's, he's gonna prepare you for the challenges that you have before you. Number five is this. Number five, fasting draws you closer to God. Fasting draws you closer to God. Jesus walked through these 40 days fasting, no food. He's hungry. And the devil's tempting him. The devil's coming after him, man, just coming, tempting him. He makes it through these 40 days of fasting. And check this out in verse 11, Matthew 4, verse 11. It says this, then the devil went away. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Man, isn't that amazing? He comes through this fasting period. He comes through the testing. He's strengthened. He's he's ready for the challenges that, that are facing him. God's word has just been revealed and he's applied it to his life. He comes through all of this and God says, hey, I'm gonna send my angels to take care of you. And the angels came. I don't exactly know what they did, but they came and they took care of Jesus. There was a closeness. There was an intimacy that Jesus had with his heavenly father. You see, fasting brings you to a place of humility. It brings you to a place where you're, you're putting your own desires. You're saying, man, I put my desires, I put my, my flesh to the side, and I focus completely upon what God wants for my life. See, here's the thing about fasting. When you fast, you step out of the routine. You're not, you're not in the routine. You're not, oh, it's time to get up. I eat breakfast. I go to, I eat lunch. I get it. You're, you break that routine and it changes things up. It changes that pattern up in your life and you're able to focus upon God and you're going to draw closer to him. There's an incredible promise in scripture, James chapter four and verse eight. Man, I love this. I love this scripture. James four and verse eight says this. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. I have news for you today. God's already come near to us. He's, done, he's, a, he's come all the way. God sent his only son, Jesus, to earth to die upon the cross for you and I to pay the price for our sins. He has done his part. He's drawn near to us. He's come near to us. He's reached out to you and I. And now the ball's in your court. The ball's in my court. James says, come near. Draw near. Draw near to God. Draw near. Come near. And guess what? He's not going to leave you hanging. It says he will come near to you. Draw near to God. Today, it's January 2nd. January 2nd. Brand new year. There's new opportunities. There's new challenges. There's always a, a new excitement when you, when you start a new year. And, and there's, there's great intentions and 
and, and a lot of maybe new dreams for your life in 2011, you're, you're dreaming for your life and for your family and you're, you're optimistic about the future and you're, you're excited maybe even for people's church and what, what God has in store and, and, and all these things. And, and I would say this, what do you need for 2011? What do you need? What do I need more than anything else for 2011? Maybe say, man, Troy, I need a new car. Or maybe you say, man, I, I need a new job for 2000 I need a I need a pay raise. Let me just tell you this. What you need for 2011 more than anything else is you need to draw closer to God. What I need for 2011 more than anything else, I need to draw closer to God. You say, but man, Tr- Troy, I need, man, I need my family to, to sort out its differences. I need my wife and I, my, my husband and I, we need to reconcile our relationship. That's what I need for 2011. I need blessing financially for 2011. And I would say this, what you need more than anything else is to draw closer to God. Maybe you're a college student. You say, man, I, I, need, man, I need a good semester. I need my grades to do. I need money for school. What you need more than anything else is to draw closer to God. To draw closer to God. Are you ready to draw closer to him this year? Are you ready? That's what fasting and prayer is all about. That's why we're doing this as a church. We're coming before God. We're saying, God, we want to draw closer to you. We want to draw closer to you. You know, maybe you look at 2010 and maybe you have some regrets. You look at 2010, you think, man, I wish I would have done that differently. Man, I wish I would have made this decision there. I wish I wouldn't have done that. And, and maybe 2010, maybe you went through that year and, and you were living your life for you. You were owning 2010. I want to challenge you. 2011, here we go. For you to say, God, you own 2011. God, you're in charge of this year. God, I want what you have for my life. I want to draw closer to you this year, 2011. Let's bow our heads if you would. Thank you, Lord.